Guys, welcome back to Work Play Obsession, Life and Jiu-Jitsu. So a little bit of a disclaimer for those of you guys expecting to listen to Alex Coleman this week. She's actually out. She's on vacation. So you got an episode with her when I was out. Now you get an episode of me when she's out. But not to fret, next episode we'll be back together doing our thing and bringing you guys a couple of results from the DC Open. This week though guys, I have a special uh, interview today. Did a little collaboration with Trap BJJ. We did an on-live Facebook live streaming uh, episode. For those of you who did not get to watch the event on Facebook and did not uh, get to comment or interact with us that day, we have the podcast here. It's just complete recap or a complete review of the show. Uh, unedited, uncut, so you can hear everything that was going on. You'll just miss the visual. But if you really want to see what was going on, guys, head to the Workplay Obsession Life and Jiu-Jitsu page on Facebook or to the Trap BJJ page on Facebook. All right, guys. And like I said, next episode, Alex and I will be back together in the booth. We're going to discuss winners, losers, and lessons learned during uh, the DC Open, which was a great event, by the way. Some great jiu-jitsu was on display. A lot of uh, representation from the, from the DMV area. Awesome time. Great time had by all. So uh, until next week, guys, enjoy this episode and keep grinding. I want to start out, guys, by thanking you for uh, your continued support. And for those of you uh, posting photos of you wearing your Workplay Obsession t-shirts, thank you very much. Continue to visit the, uh, the website, Instagram, Facebook, WorkplayObsession.com, uh, and uh, supporting us throughout our efforts, guys. If you're new to the show, thanks for dialing in. Thanks for coming to Facebook Live. Uh, feel free to visit all those sites I just mentioned. Drop us a photo. Drop me an email, WorkplayObsessionBJJ.com. Uh, you guys can go there, review past episodes, photos, and blog posts, guys. This week, special collaboration with Trap BJJ, elite video instruction by top black belts from around the world, guys. So what we're giving you to you guys there, step-by-step Brazilian jiu-jitsu instruction on techniques and uh, some world-class stuff there, guys. So I know you all noticed there's somebody sitting next to me. Most of you guys should recognize him. Some of you guys may not. Awesome thing is... He's going to introduce himself, we're going to talk for a little bit, and we're going to go over some special uh, initiative here we have with Trap BJJ. So, my co-host for today, sitting to my right, owner of Shogun Fights, owner of Ground Control, established BJJ Black Belt, former MMA fighter, former celebrity bodyguard, <laughs> the man himself, Mr. John Rollo, a.k.a. Baltimore's godfather of MMA. I read that in an article yeah, from thank like you. 2008. Thank you, that's cool. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta throw that in there, but thanks for coming by, thanks for doing this interview. Um, since there's probably one or two people out there that don't know you, uh, I'd like for you to do a short little inter- uh, introduction, and then we'll and then we'll roll right into it for a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Uh, like Topaz said, first of all, thanks guys for having me. Uh, my name is John Rollo. I'm born and raised here in Maryland, and I am a th- uh, third degree black belt under Henzo Gracie. I uh, got my black belt from Henzo back in 2006, so that gives you a little bit about my age. Uh, you know, but uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to answering some questions. Awesome, awesome. So let me start here with uh, I, I like to call this like a little icebreaker, right? So um, read a lot of articles about your bodyguard days, so I'm sure people want to hear about that. So let, let's just start with I can imagine they're pretty wild. So tell us about the early days of of being a bodyguard, or if you want to stay on the safe side, you can tell us about the early days of jiu-jitsu and MMA and give me the craziest shit you've ever seen, whether it's backstage at a show, uh, competition, fight scene, whatever it may be. Whew. Uh, it's an icebreaker, so you can, you can embellish it. Yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> think about that one. Um, you know, one of my favorite, if you want, like old school MMA stories, uh, we were up in uh, New York 
was a show called Vengeance at the Vanderbilt. Uh -huh. it, was, it was the first day, the first time that Matt Sarah and Rodrigo Gracie fought on, on a card. So we're all up there in Long Island. We're, uh, you know, looking to support. And everybody out there knows Henzo's brother, Hyan. You know, we were hanging out, you know, chilling at the fights. We're going to watch our boys. And in the hallway, one of the guys, the guy that Rodrigo was going to fight was like a karate dude because you have to realize this is back in like the 90s. So every time he's hitting the mitts, he's, yeah, yeah, and he's <laughs> screaming. And when we were walking by, Hyan heard him. And he's like, does he say that for me? And I go, what? He goes, Big John, does he say that for me? And I go, Hyan, he's not saying that to you. I said, come on, man, let's go inside. So, uh, you know, he was ready to go after the guy. We had to grab him and pull him in the locker room. Right, you know, right. it would have been a little messed up that if we went in and told Rodrigo, well, you don't have a fight anymore because your cousin beat him up in the hallway <laughs> while he was hitting mitts. So, you know, there's a, a little old school, you know, BJJ story or MMA yeah. for you. No, I know that's something you see a lot when you watch uh, older videos. You see things that go on backstage. Or It wasn't like this, this separation of everybody. It was like, hey, it could go down in the, in the dressing room. Yeah, it could go down true. pretty much anywhere. It's true. And back then, too, it was a lot of, uh, I think now, because it's more mainstream, everybody's you know, kind of knows each other and yeah. intertrains. Yeah. Back in the day... You were a Crionchi if you went around the different, you know, just school jumping that wasn't accepted. Yeah. And, you know, so there was a, a more of a rivalry between the schools back then. So that actually leads right into one of the first questions I had down here. I was going to ask you uh, to talk about training in the early days, vice training today, and as far as access to instructors, um, jumping between academies, and, and then the material that's, on, that's available online, whether it's YouTube or, or, or anything else that's out there. Well, uh, back in the old days, you, you were fortunate if anybody trained jujitsu. I mean, uh, you know, for a couple of years, I was looking, you know, to right, try to find right. somebody to teach us. And, uh, you know, when I really first started training, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough that we were looking at old VHS tapes, you know, Hoist Gracie yeah. VHS tapes. I'm sure a lot of people out there don't even know what VHS nah, is. Yeah, right? you know, it, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the sad part, right? So... You know, but that's that's how you did things. And, uh, you know, I was went and competed and did my first tournament and never really had any formal instruction. Uh, I wound up winning that tournament, uh, had four matches. I didn't tap anybody. I had a yeah. wrestling background. I just out positioned and pointed people. Uh, but I was fortunate the referee was a Hickson rep and uh, Mark Finley, who's yeah. still with us to this day. Absolutely. You know, he's one of the guys at my school and he's a black belt under under me as well. But uh, Mark was a blue belt at the time under Hickson. Mm -hmm. He was refing the tournament. And, uh, you know, after I won, he was like, where do you train? And I told him I didn't really train anywhere. And he goes, are you kidding me? He invited us down. And honestly, that's where I met Rocky was when I went with Finley. He was already, had already been there for a few months. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty wild that, uh, you know, it came down that way. Yeah. But, yeah, nowadays, jujitsu is everywhere. I mean, there's black belts everywhere i mean i don't want to act as if it's it's a small task and there are levels right. of black belts so don't get it you know don't get it twisted but uh you know today people are so spoiled i mean look at the beautiful academy we're in right now yeah you know when we were training we were training next to a pool in a ymca yeah. i did i did coordinated hear about that yeah you know on tile floor with these puzzle mats that were about that thick and they would pull apart all the time so uh, you know, back then, if you sought jujitsu, you really wanted to compete, you know, and, and you were looking to fight and, and things like that, where today, 
um, and this is a good thing. It's yeah. much more mainstream, and, and people now, you know, come and they use it to get in shape as a form of self-defense, as a way to raise their self-esteem, mm -hmm. or you know, as a, as a way to uh, enhance the discipline that they have. So, uh, you know, I really think it's great that that jujitsu's there. Uh, you know, it is in the mainstream. Yeah, I just say to everyone. Uh, you know, before you go to your schools, just check and make sure they're legit. Make sure the lineage of your instructor. Uh, you know, don't just listen to somebody or just read what they have online. Make sure that they're real uh, because there are a lot of posers out there as well. Yeah, so you just hit on something. You said uh, do, not only doing research online, but actually uh, I'm going to dovetail into that to talk about training online because we talk about some instructors that are out there in the academies that probably aren't at the level they need to be. But what about online instruction? So. Um, do you think that the majority of the content out there today is, is, is good or bad, or are you just indifferent wow. towards it? Or I mean, there's so much, it's hard to yeah. Did you, say the YouTube it's good rabbit or bad. Hole is yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's great. I mean, quite frankly, you know, I don't have the opportunity to go and be a student anymore. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a great utility because it allows me to be able to see some new things. You bring them back to the gym, you try them and see how they work, you know, yeah. see, see if it works for you and if it does, you know, then you kind of pass it on to the students. So, and and anybody who's a jujitsu instructor can tell you, uh, you can be the black. I've taught Henzo things, you know, and Henzo's forgotten more jujitsu than I know. But uh, you know, he's open-minded, and if you show him something and it works and it's new, he takes it. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. And, Absolutely. Uh, that was the beauty of being with him, and I think that's what made me so. First of all, loyal to him, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm kind of open. I let my guys go train where you want yeah. to. You so know, you, just you, make sure you come back home when you're done. That's all. Yeah. So you would agree that they are they are an effective method of augmentation to for training. For sure, for sure. That, like that shouldn't be the only way. You right. know what I mean? But like you said, to augment your training. You know, I, even in the the videos, so, you know, you miss sometimes the finer points. Absolutely. Um, it's hard details, to really yeah. give you the details and. Jiu-Jitsu is an art that is very detail-oriented. I say it all the time, if you're smart, you can excel at Jiu-Jitsu. If you're not, you might be limited, you know, because you, you will not be as technical if you forget those details. You know, then you're relying more on your athletic ability and things. So, uh, you know, details are really what matters and, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, and, and you, you know, you might lose some of those in the video, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't look and work yeah. and, and check things out. and. When you see something you like, you go in, ask your friends, ask your instructor, and the best place to see if it works or not is is on the mats. Yeah. So one thing I didn't mention, guys, since this is uh, we are doing this collaboration with Trap, Trap BJJ, one of the greater things about um, that I like about Trap BJJ is you can download uh, all the content uh, onto your device. So if you have a specific series that you're working or a specific series that that you may not uh, particularly see the details, you can download it, mark it, bring it back, and, and study that. Have have your buddy sit down with you studied it, uh, iOS, Android, whatever, it, it's uh, compatible with all devices. So that's one of the things I do like about it. Um, like, you, like you just mentioned, sometimes you, you, you miss details, but you can go back, follow those up. Um, I think that's great. Um, and I think that's one of the differences between you know, going on YouTube and doing a, uh, or a Google search and just kind of picking one guy. Um, you're staying with a particular program with um, um, established black belts and you can go back to that over and over again. Speaking of which, um, the, these guys, uh, John was just um, recording a series of new techniques. So those will be out in Tribe shortly. So um, after we wrap up or whenever you guys see the uh, notification drop on Facebook, uh, head on over to Trap BJJ and check out the new techniques that John just uploaded. Really good stuff. Um, actually, I started out at Ground Control 
maybe seven, eight years ago. And these are the techniques that I, that I use. Um, so I'm a little biased, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, um, techniques are effective. I can vouch for them and I can vouch for the, the many lessons I've learned from John and the guys that he has trained and the uh, upper belt guys that I train with on a daily basis. So pretty good stuff. I want to switch gears now to MMA because I did mention you're the godfather of MMA <laughs> in, in Maryland, right? So we say MMA was legalized in 2008 and did a little bit of studying under Governor O'Malley, thanks to your efforts and, and persistence. Um, blessed with Shogun Fights 1. I was there. I got to meet Donald Cerrone. I got to meet Henzo. Right. Um, awesome experience. And the promotion has continued to thrive. I think we're at Shogun Fights 17. 17, yeah. uh, October 7th. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, really, really awesome. So at the time of Shogun Fights 1, right, you're already a successful jiu-jitsu owner. Um, we have Baltimore, Columbia, Owings Mills. Um, what led you down that road of promoting uh, MMA, mixed martial arts in, in Maryland? Well, I think part of it was my age. <laughs> you know, I was getting to the point where it, the, the deal was, did you want to still try to compete or did you want to try to make money as a promoter? But on the flip side, it was, uh, you know, uh, coaching. You know, we're riding around with the guys and anytime somebody wanted to fight, we're always traveling out of state. Right. You know, it, there was never anything close. Um, I never had the opportunity to fight in front of my hometown, you know, so I thought it was wrong that all of our guys had to go to New Jersey, right. go to Virginia, go to everywhere else, and their states are making the money. So, you know, in, in my mind, the way the state of Maryland had the law, you can kickbox, you can wrestle here, you can, uh, you know, uh, box here. Mm -hmm. Why can't you do all of them at the same, at the same time? time. So, you know, we, I did the lobbying and we got it through in one uh, session, which is pretty much unheard of. And, uh, you know, eventually Governor O'Malley signed it into law and he invited me to the bill signing. So yeah. it was cool, got to go to the bill signing. And, uh, you know, from there, Shogun grew all the way to the point where, and I don't know if everybody knows, but we even, uh, you know, I'm part now of Alliance Mixed Martial Arts and uh, they bought a bunch of regional promotions, yeah. myself, CFFC, uh, Hoosier Fight Club, IT Fight Series out of Ohio. Um, you know, there's uh, Koga Fights up in Seattle, uh, V3 down in Memphis. Uh, they have uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia is a territory. Uh, LA, uh, they, had a sh they have bought shows. San Diego is another territory. Amazing. So. They're really out and doing their thing, and uh, you know we're trying to to make a, a great alliance between all these companies so that we can help guys who are striving to get absolutely to the next level get there. Yeah. So, did you know after Shogun fights that you had something special? Well, you never know. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, the first one really was amazing, and uh, you know I, I'll be honest with you, Topaz. Every show I stress and and, and make myself sick and wonder if it's going to work or right, not every right. time you wonder if it's the last one and you know every time in your head it's like man do i really want to deal with this stress <laughs> but then on the flip side you know what i mean the stress you know winds up right. being worth it and uh you know i'm i'm just thankful that uh you know people continue to support yeah. guys if you haven't been to one of the shows before it's a great event um professionally run very well done come on out october 7th shogun 17 is coming up it's going to be great. Some of my friends, uh, training partners, fighting on that card, so I'm pretty excited. Um, let me ask you, let's talk a little bit more about training and about uh, um, dealing with the fight game itself. Um, as an owner and instructor, how do you identify somebody who's, who's close to ready for professional, but they're not, they may not make it over that hump? How do you identify that, and then how do you relate to that person? What do you, how do you approach them? 
As, uh, as far you know, as, as hey, you're, you're not going to make it over the there. hump, so you may want to go another direction. I got or, hey, you. I got you. I got put you. in the extra work. I got you. There. Well, you know, it really depends on what the guy's goals are. I mean, ultimately, you would say everybody's goal is to get. You know, everybody has that view. I want to get to the UFC. Right. Um, you know, and there are a few that come through that you say you have the ability to get to the next level. There are some guys, like you said, that may never get to the next level. But I don't feel it at, in the beginning of their careers and all, there could be some people that surprise you. Right. So it's not really – I try to be supportive. I just try to give them a, a, the best chance to succeed. Um, and then you just have to let their fighting do the talking. Right. You know, the, the record is what's going to dictate whether they can continue to move on or not. Um, and then at some point you have to be a realist. Uh, if there is a situation where you have somebody who's uh, – 10 and 10 and they still yeah. think they're going to go to the UFC, then you would maybe want to sit down and talk with have that, that guy. Have that conversation. But, yeah. uh, you know, you know. other than that, though, some guys do it. I've had guys that tell me I just want to do it once just to see what it's like. So right. it really depends on, you know, what's your goal and, and, yeah. and, and, and what do you want to achieve. So I, mean, I bring it up because it not only applies to MMA fighters, it applies to jiu-jitsu guys, too, who say, hey, I want to be a world champion. And then maybe they go out and, and, and it becomes apparent to everyone that, hey, Great, you want to be one, but uh, we're not really yeah, sure right, if you're right. going to make if it there. If you're not winning Naga, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> you're not going to win Worlds, right? You know, yeah. So. so what what do you think are some of the intangibles of the fight game? Well, first and foremost, heart. You know, is something you can't teach. Um, and I really think that the physical side, most everybody has. Um, right. and, and I guess I shouldn't just give a sweeping statement, but I mean, if you get to the UFC, you're already an elite athlete. You know, you're already top of the food chain. So what separates then the men from the boys? And I really think it's the mental aspect right. of the game. Right. It's the guys who can go in there, stay calm under pressure and implement their game plan versus the guy who gets in there and panics and is nervous. And, you know, it can, I mean, you can you can lose your conditioning, not because you're out of shape, but just because you get in there, have that, that adrenaline, adrenaline dump, dump. And, yeah, and, just... and all of a sudden you're going, what's going on? And, and if your mind shuts it down at that point, you're going to have problems, you know, right. where there's some guys that realize, all right, it's just the adrenaline dump. Let me get through it. And then they get their second wind and then they're good. So I really believe the mental aspect of the game is, is what really separates, the, you know, the top guys from, you know, the rest. Right. So, so you did mention, you mentioned uh, the nerves. We talk about adrenaline. Everybody feels that who's competed. What, uh, in, your, in your experience, what is the uh, strangest reason you've ever heard for someone to back out of a fight? Shoot, I mean, I could. <laughs> I don't even want to put people on blast. No, no, like no names. I just here. want to hear. I just want to hear the uh, the, the reason. <laughs> well, you know, one time I had a guy talking about how he didn't want to fight someone because he didn't think their record at like five and one was good enough. But yet, when you looked at his record, the majority of the guys that he fought records were upside down. And I mean, yeah. in his last several fights, so. You know, like either just say you really don't want to fight him. You know, don't make it that excuse when you're obviously being a little hypocritical based right. on the opponents that you've chosen. So that, but um, there was an even crazier one. Poor uh, one of our guys was going to fight down in Virginia. And actually at the time they called out his opponent right. to go to the ring. The guy went straight to the bathroom and stayed in the bathroom and wound up claiming food poisoning. So... <laughs> Our poor guy's sitting in the locker room waiting to, you know, to be announced. Yeah, waiting to come out. Waiting right? for his name to be called. And the athletic commission's in the bathroom trying to find out why this guy's gone. And next thing you know, the fight got canceled. So that was one of the craziest things yeah. I'd seen, too.
Yeah, so that's what I was. I was expecting something more along the lines of that. I mean, I, I can see that. I can see that probably happening more more often than most people would expect. Yeah, Let's well, the, the mind. I'm telling you, man, the nerves, the nerves, and and most everybody goes through it. That's the crazy part. They don't right. realize their opponents going through the same thing they are probably. Absolutely, and that, and that and once again, guys, that brings if when you bring it back to jujitsu, it's the same thing. When you go to a competition, guys get so amped up for before they step on the mat. It's like, hey, you have to realize that that everyone else here is going through the same thing. That's right. Um, the, that's right. The the people that are that are putting themselves through the training and that are stepping up to the event, uh, those are people that are, I'll say, a step beyond, you know, your normal guy or gal that you're training with every day sure. because they're putting in the effort to sure. be there. But uh, let's flip that question around, and what's the shortest notice you've ever seen someone take a fight on? Well, I'll give you a good Henzo story with that. Uh, and he, it, he wound up not, it didn't, he didn't have a fight, but I was right. with him, and he got a call at the time Kawasaki was the guy handling pride. So he calls Henzo and tells him, I have a fight for you. Yeah. And Henzo tells him, my man, I'm busy this Saturday. I don't know that I can make it. And they're like, not this Saturday, like, you know, later on. So Henzo's ready to go fly to Japan on Monday and go fight on Saturday. Yeah. You know, that's how crazy he is. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the case. And on Shogun, honestly, I've had guys, my last, the last show we had, there was a kid, Jonathan Pierce, that fought there. And uh, he was a beast. Everybody asked who he was. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, he just actually won a fight on Bellator not that long ago. Nice. But I'm telling you, we found Jonathan, like, I'm telling you, like, four days, five days before the show. Wow. And he shows up and, and performed like a champ. That's great. That, I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's why I was interested to know. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, hey, I'll you know, you hear people say, I'll fight tomorrow. Yeah, and yeah, like, it's oh, not always uh, the case. I'm going through it right now. I promise you that. Yeah. All right, so let, let, we'll wrap up uh, some final questions. So we already discussed the rapid growth and expansion in the area. I think I think it's a great thing. Um, I know you're you're excited about the growth. Um, with that though, do you have any advice for someone who's thinking about opening up their own academy or starting their own place? Uh, do it right. Um, you know, have either have some systems in place or, you know, just make sure you find yourself a spot that's affordable and build your business. You know, right. jujitsu in my mind is a destination business. I don't need to be on the street corner in order to get people to train. Nobody's driving down the street and they yep. drive by and go, oh, I'm gonna go do jujitsu today. You know, it's something that they get online and they research. So, uh, you know, I think if you're gonna do it, uh, you know, find yourself a little spot, build yourself a core of students, and then you can look for the next step and the next step. Um, you know, and then one day you can be in a beautiful spot like this. Yeah, no, that's great. I was just having a conversation with, with a few people the other day, and we were talking about that very same thing where it's the, some people think, oh, I'm going to drive by and find, no, you got to do your research, you're right. going to talk to other people. Right, and or, you, guys, or, or you're just going to open a joint like this from day one. How are you going to cover that overhead while you're trying to build your... Uh, your student base. Exactly. And same thing, guys, for you that are out there uh, searching for a place to train, man. Do your, do your due diligence. Uh, talk to your friends. Talk to your coworkers. Visit, visit academies. See what the environment's like. See what the, what the people that, that are training there. See what they're like. See what the instructors are like. Uh, don't get yourself uh, caught up at a place where, you know, you feel out of place after your initial trial week or two weeks or month or whatever the gym's throwing at you. Um, I'm not going to do any plugs for anyone, but I already told you guys where I train at. So awesome academy. Awesome people. Oh, there, there you go. Awesome instructors. Uh, awesome teammates. So, anytime you need to come by, check it out. Um, we'd love to have you by. So, um, guys, once again, as we wrap up, uh, thanks for coming by. Thanks for dialing in on Facebook Live. Um, if you haven't already, download Trap BJJ. You can use my code WPL50 for 50% off the first 12 months. 
That's WPO 50 for Workplay Obsession. Um, first 12 months. I didn't really, were there any questions on there? Let's see, we'll scroll up and down again before we go. Um, I didn't see any, but I can refresh. Hey guys, if you're still up, hit me up real fast and uh, I'll see it come up. If you have any questions, we can try to address them. Um, if you have anything for John before he heads out, I'll give it a quick second here to let this thing speed up. Okay, so they want to know any beauty secrets or anything like that. <laughs> Did you guys see something? I got you guys. Was there one guy? Just throw it at me and I'll, because I can't pull it up, so just throw it at me. Thank you. Oh, here's one for John. It says, how can you tell if someone has that drive in them to become someone versus coming in to learn a discipline? Do you watch newcomers for new talent? That's from Will Madzarax Jr. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. If not, I apologize. But uh, no questions for me? That's, that's for you, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the easiest way for me to see is uh, how, how often is, is that man in the gym and, and how much does he train, you know? So the guys that come in and are disciplined and really work hard, uh, you know that they kind of have that inner drive that they need to get to that next level. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing we look for. Absolutely, we check and, uh, and watch new students. And, and there's plenty of times where you could have some new guys walk in and you see that they, uh, they just do some things naturally. You know, they may have good hip movement. They may have good body awareness, um, you know, and, and those kind of guys have a tendency to do well also. So you just try to keep an eye out and uh, see how they do against the good, you know, the better guys in the gym and, uh, and work ethic. It's, it's really number one. You know, the people that put in the work and are mentally disciplined are the people that will succeed. <laughs> so we have a question here. Uh, this, is actually, this is actually a funny question. Actually, I don't know if this question's for John or for me, so I don't know, but it's probably, probably him. It says, uh, how does someone get arms like that? We're not going to answer that question, but, but uh, I don't know. I don't Just, know if you're talking about You know what? Job, it's so. con consistency, consistency. My man, if I knew how to make everything this big, my whole body would be that big. So, so no, guys. Thank, so. thank my mom and dad. <laughs> So um, as we wrap up, guys, like I said, come check us out, workplayobsession.com, guys. You can find, uh, we have blog posts there. Oh, we have photos and other questions. Yeah, keep them coming, guys. We're going to hit them all, so we'll make sure we address all of them. So we just got one from Jordan. If you're thinking about stepping in the ring to fight MMA one day, how do you recommend going from jiu-jitsu to MMA? Great question. Uh, yeah, I think training both uh, works hand in hand. Uh, most of the guys at Henzo's that were elite uh, jiu-jitsu players would take their gi about off about four to six weeks before. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, jujitsu is an integral part of the game. I mean, you know, in the beginning you saw what was style versus style, jujitsu was superior. Uh, and to this day, jujitsu ends fights. So, you know, if you have the ability to finish, you know, that's a, that's a lethal ability to have. So, um, you know, if, if you're gonna eventually, if you've done all your competing goals in jujitsu, you know, then it's time to start taking the gi off and, and going forward. If you want to do both at the same time, you know, four weeks out, five weeks out, you should take the gi off. That way you're not uh, still looking for the handles when the fight comes. Yep, sound, sound advice, guys. I, obviously, that's not my lane, but I can answer this one. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's not really, <laughs> it's not really a question. It looks like a statement. <laughs> but I will tell you, I, I prefer... Plenty peanut, of them. What, what do you prefer? Do you have peanut butter and jelly? Uh, down, yeah. Crunchy, I'll smooth? Do, nah, uh, nah. I like, the, I like creamy peanut butter. Okay, so I go with the crunchy in there, but I also prefer Nutella and jelly. But, yeah, Nutella's bad. But, uh, <laughs> but that's just me. All right, guys, we're going to give you one last, one last second to shoot uh, any questions in that you have before we wrap up. Um, while I'm giving you that time. In action. Um, 
Facebook goodie. Oh yeah. Yeah, all the Gracie and actions there. So you have to be. Uh, I'm I'm almost 50, folks. I'll be 49 in a couple months. So I remember VHS tapes and the Gracies in action were the first things everybody watched. So you know that was that was a straight up advertisement. Yeah. Horian doing his thing, just telling everybody how to. Uh, you know how, how jujitsu basically would whoop everybody else's rear end. Hey, this is a good one that just came in, guys. Uh, since we talked about Shogun fights October seventh twice, what fight are you most looking forward to in the next Shogun fights in October? Uh, I'm excited because I haven't been to one to one in a while. Which so one, I'm just excited to be there. Which one's the best? The, which one am I most looking forward to? Uh, honestly, I'm interested in seeing uh, Nakapon. Uh, you know, Nakapon is uh, from Beta Academy. Uh, he's the most intriguing to me because he's, uh, you know, he's a, a stud Muay Thai guy. He's a, he's a legit black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he hasn't fought in 15 years. Wow. So, um, you know, he's Thai, and he has a goal to get the 1FC. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. You know, I'm, you know, it takes a lot of balls to get up and do what he's doing, and I'm kind of excited to see, uh, you know, if he's going to be able to get where he wants to get to. So... Um, you know, there's a bunch of fights on the card. We have five title fights, but uh, you know, the fact that Nakapon hasn't fought since 2002 yeah. um, is, you know, is, is definitely intriguing to me. So, um, I'm, like I said, guys, a couple times I plan on being there. So look for me. I'll be wearing my shirt. You can hit me up, ask me questions. We'll take photos, post them on Instagram. I got another question coming. Actually, we had two. So first, we have from from Jesse, Jesse Stern. Do you think jujitsu has bettered your life? For me, absolutely. Um, if you ask my wife, no, but, <laughs> but for me, absolutely. <laughs> because, um, fitness wise, health wise, I've got, uh, more friends. Um, there's, there's this thing, I'm not going to go into the, the, the happiness hypothesis, but they talk about effectance and they talk about how work and love influence your life. And this part of jujitsu, you, you could say love that may be for some people over the top, but, um, what it brings into your life, uh, is amazing. So for me, absolutely it is better in my life. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, my, I say it all the time, you know, people don't know. When I trained with Henzo, I lived in Baltimore. I used to drive three days a week up the turnpike to New York to train, and that's what I did to get my black belt. So uh, I call that my college education because look what it's given me now. You know, we have three academies now, Shogun's going yeah. on. And, uh, you know, so besides the ability to, to support my family and, and other people are supporting their families, uh, the lives that we've had the ability to affect, all the students to come through, um, you know, jujitsu is a lifestyle. Yeah, it's not absolutely. really like absolutely. just the art. If you get into it, it's a lifestyle. You know, I'm, I'm more physically fit. I mean, I was a football player and wrestler and, and I was a power lifter and, you know, I was a monster when I came in here. And it took me a couple years to figure out that I'm already as big and strong as I ever need to be. Right. Now it's time to work on my speed and my agility and, um, and your technique. That's you know, great. like, uh, you know, when I, when I had the uh, privilege to roll with Hickson, you know, he basically said after we got done, he was like, man, God bless you with your size and your speed and, and your strength. He says, so when you go to jujitsu class, he said, leave it all at the door. He said, just yeah. technique, technique, technique so that when you need to call upon your speed and your strength, you'll have it. So, uh, you know, pretty amazing for me, two weeks into my jiu-jitsu career, that I get to roll with the person who many feel is the greatest jiu-jitsu yeah. practitioner yeah. ever. That's awesome. That's, yeah. 
It's great. Every time you see him, he's the happiest guy. So yeah, yeah. Talk to anybody, have a conversation. It's great. Last question, guys. We have a last question from Kerry Seldman. Uh, Seidman, sorry. Uh, sorry, Kerry. Following up on Jordan's uh, BJJ to MMA question, what else would you recommend training in, boxing or et cetera? Everything. All right. Do it so, all. Yeah, I, I always say, and, and, and not to turn people away from jiu-jitsu, but uh, wrestling is, is a very important base because the wrestler dictates where the fight's being fought. Absolutely. So you have to train your wrestling because I can't very well do jujitsu if I can't take anyone down. And then from there, if I have somebody who uh, I'm a purple belt and I'm fighting and the guy's a legit, you know, solid black belt, maybe I need to keep that fight standing. So again, wrestling has the ability to dictate, you know, where I take the fight, but then I need the skills on my feet to be able to better my opponent there. So, I mean, if you look at a guy who I really believe is maybe the best of all time, I mean, you could say Demetrius, but uh, GSP, to me, was smart. When he, had to, when he fought jiu-jitsu yeah. guys, he'd stand up yeah. and beat them up. When he fought, uh, you know, guys that were great wrestlers, he put them on their backs and took them out of sorts. So, you fought a guy like Tiago Alves, why is he going to stand with him? He puts him down. So, George was so well-rounded, he could always take you where you were your weakest. So, you know, if, if you want to be an MMA, that's the ultimate goal is to be so well-rounded, you can take your opponent where he has the disadvantage. There you go, guys. Yeah, one thing for me, um, not really MMA, because I really don't have any experience there, but for a jiu-jitsu and in life in general, I would recommend yoga. It's not really, it's, I wouldn't say it's a sport, but I would recommend you train yoga. Once again, flexibility, and uh, increase happiness in your lifestyle and mental. Um, excellent thing to do, um, so I recommend that as well. So, guys, we're going to wrap it up. I know these guys are going to hit the mats and do some more work for Trap BJJ, get some more techniques for you. Um, new material from John Rollo coming out shortly. John, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, um, Topaz. First time live, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Any last parting words of wisdom? Uh, man, I think you took all my wisdom out of this <laughs> giant dome I have. But, uh, you know, all I can say, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, the Academy's great. Thanks, you, Bruno, JP, Rocky. Sorry, what's your name? Chad, you know, for having me. And, um, you, know, I, I'm, you know, all I can say is, again, make sure you research where you want to go and then uh, beware because once you get bit by the jujitsu bug, it's hard to get rid of it. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Until next, guys, guys, keep grinding.